Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Garbina Mahaga Pant and uh, welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today. 1800-938-007 is our free phone number. Huge response to uh, Tanya and uh, to Connor speaking to us there about the protest in Limerick about uh, the health services and the state of the hospitals and all of that. Um, and many congratulations coming in uh, to them both uh, as well. Uh, we'll be following that story, needless to say. I was speaking of stories. I was really, really taken by a Facebook post uh, from Mary Corbett, and she posted uh, a lovely tribute to her dad, who was killed in the mine in Ballingarry in 1958. And we were so much taken with it um, that we invited Mary into studio, and she was kind enough to accept our invitation. She's with me now. Mary, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. And lovely to see you today. And thanks so much for coming into us, no uh, Mary. As I say, I was really, really. Uh, taken with it. What what age were you, Mary, when your dad was killed? I was six and a half. And and you tell me that you can remember it extremely vividly. Vividly. Yeah. vividly. What happened on that fateful day, Mary? My dad left for work at half past eight in the morning and uh, Saturday work was overtime. Right. And he always did it for the extra few bob because there was seven of us. with seven, Mum had seven children. And um, at half past one, my aunt Lizzie and my uncle Peter and a man called Paddy Gleeson, who was one of Dad's friends, arrived outside the gate and I noticed that my aunt and uncle were crying. And I thought, God, what's wrong? So, of course, kids weren't allowed to listen to adult conversations. So we were hushed out. And my aunt obviously broke the news to my mother. And then my uncle Peter sat me up on his knee and he said, your poor daddy is dead. And can you remember how how you, you took that, Mary? Shock. Yeah. Dead. To me, people died when they got old. My father was only 46 years old. My God. And in my childish mind... My dad was still working in the mines, but he was actually dead. Do you know how he, how he died, Mary? Do he you? went into a road. For what reason, we've never found out. Um, some, I think, and I think it might be the reason, that he went in to go to the toilet. Right. But it was a road with no air. Oh, my God. And he suffocated. And my mother's brother was working with him the same day and he went in to look for him and he was overcome as well. But luckily he survived. Right, and these are the gases that are down in uh, the mine. Yeah. How, how many children did your mother... Seven, was it? Seven. My God. The oldest me. was 23. and No, the oldest two were, at that stage, gone to England. Yes. The oldest was 23 and the youngest was my brother Seamus who lives in the commons in Ballingarry and he was a year and 11 months. So Seamus has no memory of him, I guess, does he? No. But there was five of you that your mother had to look after then. Yes. And overnight the breadwinner was gone. Was gone. Was gone. And how did she manage, Mary? 
with great difficulty, but I always say, if my mother was Minister for Finance, the country wouldn't be in the state it is in. So she was great she to look after abs- the budget. And- she was an absolute yeah. gem. She looked after us. We may not have had much, yeah. but we were always well fed, well dressed. She always looked after us. She was. On, how much did you tell me she was on at that point? She was, she was getting two pounds thirteen shillings a week. That was widow's pension. That was widow's pension, for herself and five children. And was she ever looked after by by the the mining company? Uh, or? She was in later years. She got a few pounds compensation, and I mean a few pounds compensation, but she spent all that on us educating us, because that was Dad's wish that his children would be educated. He certainly didn't want anybody to go down the mine. No, no, no. One of my brothers did work in it for a very short time and then he went to England as did five of the seven emigrated. It's incredible. Which must have been hard on my mother too. It must have been incredibly hard indeed. And she, when life could be good to her then and we were all grown up and we were all able to fend for ourselves... She got Alzheimer's. Oh, did she? Hmm. That must have been very hard for you all. It was hard, but as I get older, I think maybe God was being merciful that she couldn't remember Yes. the life that she had had. And did she always keep your dad's memory alive? Oh, yes. Did she? Very much so. And um, I can remember the night before he was killed, on the Friday night, my dad was a beautiful singer and he was singing. I can remember every song he sang and we were having a sing song and my brother, who is in Canada, he had a beautiful voice as well. And I remember my dad taking a 10 shilling note out of his pocket, handing it to my brother and saying, look, uh, I'll give you a few bob every week now and you buy an accordion, he said. He said, because you have a good voice, you can make money. Right. And later on, when my brother went to England and he was the Donald Ring, Cayley Band, were playing somewhere and he happened to be at the dance and someone told the Donald Ring crowd that he was a good singer. Mm. They asked him up to sing. And they asked him to join the band. Are you serious? But he wouldn't. Wow. Wow. And they were big stars at that yes. time, weren't they? Yeah. And he got that opportunity, but he turned it down. And then he later went to Canada. It's incredible. And did he go on to play the accordion? Like, no. No, did he no. not? All no. right, yeah. yeah. Well, he said to Dad, no, you need that worse than me. And I remember my dad, when he'd get, his, get paid on a Friday night, and... He had a sister that lived down the road who died very young and she had three young children mm. and he used to send my sister down with ten shillings to her every week. So he was very generous. Even though we had yeah. nothing ourselves but he still looked after her. You were telling me and I I gather it saddens you that you know while you have memories you can't remember his, his face, is that it? No. Yeah. Uh, and you see the thing is we don't even have a photograph of him. Do you not? No, because uh, years later, 
Our house was burned to the ground. Oh, my God. And all the bits, his miners' bits, and they were all gone. Right. You know, all the tools he used and everything. And, you, and your mother kept all of that? Oh, yes, she, she yeah. had them all up on top of a wardrobe. Oh, Lord. And everything was gone. Even my mother's wedding ring was burned in the fire. My God, what what a great disaster that was as well as everything else. Tell me about the community among, like, the, the miners' wives. They they must have been very strong. They were Strong women, were they? Women. Yeah. Remarkable women. Like, I can remember my dad and all the rest of the miners coming home and they used to remind me of panda bears because all you saw was the whites of their eyes. They were black from they the coal. They were black from head to toe. And when I think back... There was no washing machines. Yeah. The women had to wash those clothes by hand and get the coal out of them. And it was a horrendous life, but it was the only thing open to anybody. Like, it was either that or immigrate or go working with a farmer. And that was it. It was... The mines was the, the centre of the parish. There was nothing else. As well as your dad, other people lost their lives as well, Mary. Yes. What, what do you uh, remember of that? There was a young chap. He was from Cork. Don't know the name. And his very first day going down in the mine, he slipped and fell to his death. And then there was a family, uh, three brothers. Ivers was their names. Um... There was an excellent coming from an explosion. They were all on the same shift. And two of them killed, and the other one was... had lost his sight. My God. And I can recall Peter O'Donnell. He was killed in it. And then there was a man called Mr Gannon. Mm. I think he was a foreman or he was... But I never knew him as anything only Mr Gannon. He was drowned one night when a road flooded. And when you say a road, and you mentioned that a couple of times, you're talking about some sort of corridor underground. underground. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. A road that they would have made blasted. And it flooded and he was drowned. And w- were they aware of the danger every day that they were facing? They were. And when I later read the inquest on my father's death, uh, the doctor had advised him about a month beforehand to come back up and work overground because he had what was called minor's lung. Was it? Yes, yeah. He was it was an emphysema, I think yes. they called it now. Is that it? And yeah. he was just developing it. But he wouldn't come back up because there was a bit more pay down and he had seven children to look after. Even though it was going to damage his health long term. Yes, anyway. any anyone that lived, that weren't killed or anything in the mines, they got a slow lingering death. I remember my neighbour down the road, Paddy Grant, he gave years not able to catch his breath. And several more. Um, Joe McHenry comes to mind. Um, Michael Butler. Sean Lyons. They all got slow lingering deaths from the coal dust. From inhaling the coal dust. Mm-hmm. And of course, people didn't know enough about it at that stage no. to, to protect themselves yes. in some ways, was no. with masks. And well, there, was no, there was no health and safety in those days. You know, it's not like today. You do manual lifting, you do health and safety. There was nothing. Like, none of that. You thing. went down and you worked and that was it. 
Yeah. And it was up to yourself to look after yourself. We spoke about the wives, but they, I think they were remarkable men. Absolutely. I mean, to go down underground yeah. like that. And My hundreds of feet down in the ground. Go down at half past eight in the morning. You don't see daylight again until half past four in the evening. It was, it was oh, a terrible way to make a living. But it was the only choice. Of course. Do you ever try to tell young people nowadays about about that experience? Because They'd laugh at you. Yeah. You know, they, they, they wouldn't believe that people... And, and, like, everybody in the... Practically everybody in the area worked in the mines. Mm. But if I tried to tell my children or my grandchildren now, they wouldn't have a clue. That these people took their lives in their hands every single every day. Every single day. And I think about it now and I think, God, when he went out to work in the morning, my mother must have been terrified all day, wondering would he come back home. My God. And that never crossed my mind. Like, as a child, of course, it wouldn't cross your mind. But now that I look back on it, and I can remember when my aunt had broken the news to her, and... Of course, she was sobbing her heart out and all she was saying was, my poor Jim, what am I going to do without my poor Jim? And then she gave two years after he died sick. She was in and out of hospital and in and out of hospital and it's only now I realise that she probably had a nervous breakdown. I'm sure she had. Sure, She was broken hearted, I yes. suppose, Mary, yeah. She was. And five of her children then had to emigrate. Uh, all five of them went to England first, then one went to America, and one went to Canada. And of course, in those days, I guess they weren't coming back every six months or oh something. God like no. that, were they? No. You might see them for two weeks in the year. Yeah. So, a lot of people in the area, to this day, still think there's only me and Seamus, because we were the only two that stayed at home. And and the age gap was there. Uh, yes. As well. They were certain sure, you know, when you say, oh, there were seven of us. Oh, I thought it was only you and Seamus. It's amazing, you know, the way people... Right. I suppose they went to England and that was it. And there was no question of anybody else for her. Jim was, no, no, Jim no. was the, no. the memory there all she the time. She devoted yeah. her life to her children. And when her children were grown up and able to fend for themselves and she, life could have been good for her, she got Alzheimer's. It's, it's so and unfair, isn't 11 it? 11 years. Um, well, seven years. I looked after her for seven years when she was really bad. And then she got so bad that she had to be put in somewhere because she was a danger to herself. And she lived for four, 11 years altogether, she had it. And did she not know you for, for a large amount no. of that time, Mary? No. I used to go in to see her and at that stage I had two children myself. Mm. And... I had a girl and a boy, Orla and Cahill. And she used to think Orla was me. And she used to think Cahill was Seamus. She hadn't a clue. One of the nurses said to me one day, um, Mary, are you Mary's only child? Mm. And I said, no, there's seven of us. And she said, well, you're the only one I see coming in. But I was the only one around. Yes, of course. And uh, she said... Mary told us she was never married. I said she was and had seven children. But she just 
couldn't remember. But and as I said, yeah. sometimes I think she was better off that she couldn't remember. Do you think that the trauma of losing her husband... Uh, yes, I asked the doctor about it and he said it can be caused by all the trauma she had in her yes. life. Yeah. Like, first of all, losing dad, then the house burning down. You know, she had a lot of troubles in her life and you see, she had no sister. Right. She had five brothers who were all gone away as well. And she was basically on her own. Her father was dead. Her mother was old. And she was... Now, we had wonderful, wonderful neighbours. And they all looked out for us and they all helped. And you were telling me off air that all the miners' wives, they were close, were, were they, Mary? They they supported yes, each other. Yes, they did. They yeah. did. Like, it, it was... There was no washing machines. And if you saw the clothes that they had to wash Can by you hand... imagine, yeah. Not just for their husband, but for all their children as well. They were remarkable women. Weren't they just indeed? You're going to have to write a book on it all, Mary. Uh, I don't think so, Brian. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> you, you were also telling Emma, I know, that there, there is a, a museum, isn't there? There is, yeah. in the Commons. Yeah. In, in the old schoolhouse in the Commons. Yeah. Where all the artefacts are and right. the history of the mines. And but you can get a sense of what it was like, it was like it, it to was, some degree. It was terrible. Like, you see pictures of them lying on their side with up on what I would call a wall but it was called a topple and water running down and they had a, this tool they had was called a jigger so they jigged out the coal and they're using this thing lying while, on while lying on their back yeah my god and then sometimes they'd have to lie on their front and work it down between their feet and the coal would fall down between their feet and then the guys underneath would load it into the Crete. It was a horrendous life. Remarkable men and women, Mary. Yes, that's, that's and women. Uh, for sure. The women are kind of forgotten, but they were every bit as, as remarkable as the men. Well, Mary, I'm delighted you could come into us because, as I said, I was so taken with your post. I mean, it's 65 years ago at this point, isn't it? 65 yeah. years. But, but still, even though you were six and a half, still, you still yes, remember. I can still vividly remember the day. Mary, it was lovely to see you. And the thing about it was... I never saw my father dead because the coffin was closed. I, I can remember the woman down the road bringing me up by the hand, taking me into the room, and she said, who's in there? And I said, Daddy. And I thought, why is the daddy in a wooden box? And children weren't allowed to go to funerals in those mm. days. Mm. So I wasn't at his funeral. It, it was... It's it's uh, it's, it's something thing. that lives with you. Yeah, you know, Mary. It was lovely to see you. Thank you so much for Thank coming you in very to me, much, Mary. Friend. We really really appreciate it. Thank you and good morning to you. We'll take a break. Back with more. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 